Hello and welcome to another episode of Exposit the Truth, where it's all about the clear understanding of the living Word of God and how to apply it to everyday life. Here we are with How to Pray, Part 3. Uh, this is about Hannah's prayer, um, and it's a very powerful prayer. That's why I cho- chose it for this Bible lesson. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1-10. through 10. That is the prayer, um, 10 verses... Uh, very powerful, very good. And then we're going to look at uh, <clears throat> Psalm 75, uh, also very good. So the key takeaway here is that Hannah, being childbearing, uh, that means you can't have children, um, but wanting children draws closer to God and prays with petition and faithfulness. Uh, she also endures the constant boasting and bullying from the other wife, of her husband, who is Penina. And through her prayer and faithfulness, she is blessed. Uh, she becomes blessed, and um, God opens her womb, and she is then able to have start having children. And not only that, but because of her devotion of how she prayed, um, you know, that's the most remarkable part, because, you know, she prayed with purpose, right? She prayed with powerful purpose and how she was going to raise her her children, which was in a holy way, in a godly way. And sure enough, her son Samuel would be uh, known and become one of the best uh, known and uh, chosen instruments, uh, prophets of God, uh, the prophet Samuel. Um, So Hannah's prayer is an excellent example of how a true Christian should respond uh, and, and such to such circumstances, um, you know, enduring the, the the bitterness and the boasting from the other wife. Uh, uh, but yeah, the, the, the Christian, you know, this is how a Christian should respond uh, as we read this prayer um, uh, to su- to such circumstances, and also how we should pray, how we re- respond, and how we should pray, how we respond, and how we should pray. Right. <clears throat> The majestic and powerful God humbles all those who vaunt themselves against him. Scripture teaches us repeatedly, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, There are seven contrasts found in this prayer. Mighty and the weak, full and the hungry, barren and the fertile, dead and alive, sick and well, poor and rich, and humbled and exalted. Okay, so let's dive into the scripture. First Samuel chapter 2, 1 through 10. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. So the horn here is a symbol of strength. So that's what that means. My horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. So the rock um, is a metaphor for God that emphasizes his strength and the security of those who trust him. Verse 3, do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds are weighed. 
The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Verse 5, those who are full hire themselves out out for food, but those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. Um, so this right here is <clears throat> in reference not that Tana had seven children because she had six. Um, the seven is a, here is a general reference to a woman whom God blesses. Verse 6, the Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. Verse 8, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's, and them he has set the world. Verse 9, he will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Verse 10, those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. All right, and uh, quickly here, going back to uh, verse 8. Um, and the, So NIV translation says, for the foundations of the earth. Um, the ESV, which is more of a word-for-word translation, says the pillars of the earth. So the meaning of that is the figure of speech that pictures the stability of the earth. All right. So um, Hannah prayed from joy in these verses. Right? Um, she was being very, very thankful and in gratitude and reverence. The prominent idea in Hannah's prayer is that the Lord is a righteous judge. He had brought down uh, the proud uh, Penina and exalted the humble Hannah. This prayer has four sections. Uh, Hannah prays to the Lord for his salvation. Uh, number two, Hannah warned the proud of the Lord's humbling. Number three, Hannah affirmed the Lord's faithful care for his saints. Uh, number four, Hannah petitioned uh, the Lord to judge the world uh, and to prosper his anointed king. This prayer has a number of striking verbal sim- similarities with David's song, Second uh, Samuel chapter 22. Uh, the ver- in verse 10, and I'll read it again, um, those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. So verse 10 is, The Lord will impose his righteous rule upon all the nations and people. Uh, Moses had already predicted the coming of the king who would exercise God's rule over all the nations of the earth. Uh, It was this future victorious king whom Hannah anticipated and Saul and David prefigured. Uh, Of his anointed, Previously in the Old Testament, uh, both the tabernacle and its utensils, along with the priests, uh, including Aaron and his sons, this pictured their consecrated and holy status before the Lord. 
from this point in the Old Testament, um, it is usually king who is referred as the Lord's anointed. Uh, the kings of Israel, particularly David, foreshadowed the Lord's ultimate anointed king. Uh, the English word Messiah represents the Hebrew word here, meaning anointed. Thus, this ultimate king who would rule over the nations of the earth came to be referred as to as the Messiah, as here in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. So uh, now a quick reading from um, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 17, um, in reference to uh, the meaning of horn, uh, a firstborn bull. So Deuteronomy chapter uh, 33, 33, verse 17. A firstborn bull, he has majesty, and his horns are the horns of a wild ox. With them he shall gore the peoples, all of them, to the ends of the earth. They are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. This included uh, both Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, who would enjoy material prosperity and military might, which would compensate and reward them for the Egyptian slavery of their ancestor. Uh, Ephraim would have the greater military success in the future, and Manasseh as the outworking of Jacob's blessing of the younger over the older. Okay, so that's a quick reference to um, a, a better understanding of how um, the meanings of where that comes from. Uh, the horn is a symbol of strength. Uh, and now I'll uh, read uh, Psalm 75. Psalm 75. God will judge with equity uh, to the choir master according to Do Not Destroy, a psalm of Asaph, a song. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks, for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. At the set time that I appoint, I will judge with equity. When the earth totters, and all its inhabitants, it is I who keep steady its pillars. Salah. Salah means forever. I say to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Right? So now you understand what that means. Do not lift up your horn on high or speak with haughty neck. Uh, that's like arrogance. That's pridefulness. For not from the east or from the west... And not from the wilderness comes lifting high, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down putting down one and lifting up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed, and he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. So dregs are the uh, remaining little bits of liquid in the container. Uh, verse 9, But I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I will cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be lifted up. So that's a great psalm. Um, and in this psalm, the believing community asserts that in spite of physical, moral, or societal turmoil, uh, God never loses control of the universe. Um, he gives stability to the earth, earthly life, 
and he will judge the wicked at the appropriate time. So I struggle with a lot. I think many of us do. When we see wickedness going on in the world and people doing wicked things to each other, and you're just, you know, it, it gets under my skin, and I'm pretty sure many of us, um, you know, why the, those of us who are living a righteous life are being punished, um, you know, it's all going to happen at God's appointed time. Um, he has all the future in his sight, every second, so... Um, we need not to worry. I have to remind myself and we have to remind ourselves that God will judge them. Uh, even if it appears that they you know, they live a full life on earth with all these riches and materials and whatever, you know, it won't, it's still sad where they will end up, right? Um, and they chose that life. They chose to live for the world and themselves and to be separated from God. And so, um, you know, God knows when someone needs to be judged quickly and God knows when they um, are going to, you know, suffer the consequences later on. And so it is always best to never take revenge or anything like that into our own hands, um, but pray with petition, remember? So this is the whole message of um, how we as Christians should deal with um these events in our life. So he controls the universe. Uh, remember that the earth is traveling at 63,000 miles an hour through space, spinning at a thousand miles an hour. So yeah, God's in control. He gives stability to earthly life and he will judge the wicked at the appropriate time. Structurally, the Psalm revolves around three metaphors, pillars of the earth. Remember we said that earlier. Um, it's a figure of speech that pictures the stability of the earth. Um, <clears throat> and the horns, which are the symbol of strength. And God's cup of wrath. Alright, so with that being said, here's a response. Do I pray like Hannah? Devout, faithful, pure, um, trusting, uh, honoring God, no matter what. When I go through a hardship, or when I am tested, or when I am bitter, do I draw closer to God, just like Hannah did? Does trouble increase my faithfulness? Uh, when I am in trouble, does it increase my faithfulness, or do I just become bitter and just live out like other worldly people do? If none of these come as a yes in your heart, then it may be an indication to change the way you pray. Uh, and I encourage you to go back over and read Hannah's prayer again and really absorb it. Don't just read it just to know what she said, but absorb, um, her, try to really feel what she has. She was feeling at the moment. Okay, so really grasp the situation. And we all have hardships, we all go through trouble, but the difference is how we respond to the hardships. So with that said, now you know a little bit more about how to pray.